It's here. The Christian Mindset Makeover is now open. This is the popular nine-week course that equips Christian women with powerful brain science and biblically-based tools to break free from negative thoughts. And I want to teach you some of the practical things we share in this course with a free workshop. I just opened up a ton of new workshop time, so go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind to get a behind-the-scenes look at the Christian Mindset Makeover course and even learn some of the practicals we talk about on the course from this free workshop. Go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind right now and sign up for the free workshop. You guys, I'm so excited to have Trish on the show today. Trish is a confidence coach and she is someone who works with all kinds of people on how to develop confidence, how to feel good in your own skin, but most importantly, in relationship to what we're talking about today, how to feel good in the skin that God has given us and to be strong in his truth for us. So thank you for being on the show with us, Trish, and for sharing. We're really glad you're here. Alicia, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity to talk about something that was such a struggle for me mm. for so many years. I didn't feel like the, the Christian community talked about. And so I'm excited to open in conversation with people who maybe have been waiting to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's get, I want to hear more about your story yeah. in a minute, but first, can you tell us how you define the difference between being a confident person and having godly confidence? Because I know the world obviously talks about being self-confident and just going for it and doing all these things, but we want to tap into, and I know you're tapped into that deeper spiritual confidence that comes from being his daughter. So share more about that. Well, and so the, I would say, I don't have an exact definition that I coach from on God confidence, but it is the, the, your peace in life because confidence is security, right? right? If you look at the word confidence, the opposite, we would say, oh, they're really confident or typically colloquial speaking, at least we'd say, oh, well, they're pretty insecure. Insecure meaning not secure. Okay. And to me, true confidence is deep security. Mm, that makes sense. So knowing, so right. So, so like, and, and you only can, you really can only get that security in Christ. You can only get it from being a daughter of God, the child of God, right. and understanding your identity in that and his his trustworthiness, his faithfulness, the never and that it's not performance-based, because a lot of the world's confidence is performance-based or externally based. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I drank that Kool-Aid too for years. Mm-hmm. And man, you stay thirsty, right? Mm-hmm. So it was understanding the shift. And I think my I, I've been I've been a believer since I was five. I mean, it's so I've always been, I've been drinking the Kool-Aid, but yeah. also being like, my confidence comes from God. And it was such a disconnect. I didn't know how to live it out, connect my head to my heart, so to speak. Yeah. And, I th- and, and, and my, my community of, um, in the church would say, you know, and I, and I, my part of my story is, um, uh, high achievement, athletic career, um, a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations that led to an eating disorder. Mm. So a lot of um, achievement and external pressure and insecurity about how I look and how I show up in the world and how do I, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I, do I fit in all of that normal societal pressure? And then the message I would hear from my very loving, very well-intending um, Christian support network was, well, God made you how you are. You're it's great. That's your confidence. Being and it was it was true. Yeah. But I didn't know how to answer the that to fill the pain that I felt yeah. so lacking in. And so when I finally, when I got when I felt the Lord lead me to speaking on confidence and I got to understand it and understand that what I had been seeking was this security mm-hmm. and assurance and promise and purpose. I went, oh, 
Yeah. Well, now I understand. Now I can. Now I can. Now I'm bridging the gap between the the, the that was missing between my head and heart. Like in my head, I knew all the things. I knew what the words said. I knew where yes, your 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 my where my identity was and where my confidence was supposed to be. But I didn't feel it. I couldn't feel it and live it out. Yeah. And it was looking at even just playing with the words and understanding that that God confidence, at least for me and my what has worked in a lot of my coaching for myself and for um, my community that I coach. It's understanding that, that God's in control. My job is to show up and be me. Go be Trish. Some of the best advice I was ever given was go be Trish Blackwell. Uh, and I was like, okay, so be that. And because that's who God made me. And how I keep showing up and trusting that that is how, and, and going to him to figure out how do you, how do we become more, more this, more alive in who you made me to be, Lord? Like, how do I, how does, how do I nurture the fruit that you want to, bloom in my life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many things that I could just so much, right. There's so much that you're saying that's so, so powerful um, in terms of what you were saying about the need to achieve and need to perform. Those of you listening for a long time know that that has, that has been my jam my whole life and what God had rescued me out of. Um, well, I think it's interesting how you equated security with confidence and how, when we are using things like achievement and perfectionism and performance, what we really are seeking is security somehow underneath. Yeah. And so we have the answer. We are already successful in Christ because of he's given us that gift. And there's that tension of yet. I know God that you have big things for me and you want me to achieve and you want me to do all of these things. So it's not like maybe somebody who has an addiction to alcohol or something where are like, okay, well I can put that away and not use it anymore. This is who you've made me to be. Yeah. So how is that balance for you of feeling like this is a supernatural work that you're doing in me, God, to achieve and to do and to be, but I can't stand in it and make it my security. Right. It can't be. That was a tension. Yeah. You described that tension extremely well. I, uh, so I'm Enneagram three for those who followed Enneagram. <laughs> Stalker, <laughs> right? Understanding, right. Yes. Understanding the amount of hours in therapy I've had <laughs> with an amazing therapist. I've been like, how do I, how do I, I'm so pulled by the drive, which is a God given gift. It is right. And that's, what's frustrating. Uh, and- it's yeah. a God-given gift. And you're like, so, so how do I, and where yeah. I've come to find it, like, all right, as long as I am every day in his presence and letting it be his power, not Trish, not how awesome Trish is, mm-hmm. not how like incredibly well, I can masterfully achieve things and do my schedule yeah. to the minute, but that the abundance of joy, the abundance of margin, the, 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 the ideas, the, the drive itself and the desire and the ideas itself are literally from the Lord. And how do I, and, 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 and to, and I want to show up as an example of what is possible to other sisters in Christ mm-hmm. that holding your place, being different, being bold and courageous is where godly or as bold as lines are told in, in Psalms. And these it's, I, and here's why I get a lot of encouragement on this is I just look at it. Like how many times in the word it says be strong and courageous. I'm like, okay. So to be strong and courageous for me is in go, go do hard things, go do scary things. I love that. That's already like in my flesh. I do that. Well, yeah, I like, I kind of get, I thrive on it. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, but in my, in my humility, I don't, 
And so be strong and courageous to me in it, that my, my subcontext in trusting that I'm going to open invisible doors in trusting that I'm going to get you to a level that you would never in your own human ability be able to achieve Trish, like that I'm going to renew your mind. Yes. You can do a lot of thought work on your own, but uh, you need my divine power and transformation in it. And so be, for me, it's being strong and courageous in my faith that um, he, he does the real work. Yeah. It's, it's a weird balance. It's really hard to get you on. Yeah. I feel like as, this is something that I've really been working through a lot lately of there has to be that margin. Like you said, you use the word margin. You have to have that space mm-hmm. or there to be unknown for there to be, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know what you're going to do, God, but you, I'm asking you to show up and do things in my life that are supernatural things. So I can't, like you said, plan it down to the minute. And so I have to stop trying to do that and catch myself when I do and just say, there's space here. And I'm going to sit in the uncomfortableness of not knowing the answer, but I'm courageous and strong because you've made me that mm-hmm. that's where I'm sitting and that's where I'm staying. So all that is really hard work. So yes. what is, what, I mean, besides just the hardness of it, what do you think keeps a lot of women from being able to step into that? Yeah. And well, I know what I, I, I would say for myself and my own story and the women I coach, the obstacle that prevents that is busyness, mm-hmm. distraction, because what you described was two voices. I mean, listening to the voice of the Lord and looking at the unknown and saying, and here's where the confidence comes in. I have so much confidence in the promises of God in my life and what I feel like he stirred in my heart. Like, let's talk in your own three of like the possibility of what I know he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Where I go, I, I, when I'm in his word and I'm spending time with him and it's God-centered, I'm like, Lord, I can't wait to see you show off. I can't wait to see what you can do. It's an adventure. But when I'm listening to the world voice of the world, yeah. it's comparative. Mm-hmm. It's pressure ridden. It's not. And it's also like, oh, it's hustle culture. It's like, well, Trish, you probably should do more. You know, you're planning at five, maybe at 4.30. Then you get ahead on that thing. And then that thing, right? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, and then we look at our example. Jesus did not do. I, I talk a lot about the pace of Jesus. Mm. He could have run places. There's no word that we get told he runs. He walks places. He walks. He goes the long route. Yes. When there's a pressing miracle, someone who needs a miracle, and he says, yes, I'm coming. Yeah. He allows himself to be interrupted yeah. and he's not stressed. I'm like, whoa, there's so much that I don't know how to do in all of that. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so what voice do, and also I look at the, if you look at the two voices, the voice of, of, of God and the voice of the world, the world is tired. The world is weary. The world is desperate. The world is messy. I'm like, why would I ever continue to think that that's a good voice to listen to? But you open up Instagram and you can get convinced pretty quickly that it is the voice, right? So it's, it's I think it's for me, it's on a, how do you, how do you get into that space? It's going, you daily choose. I give, it's a daily decision. What voice am I, what voice am I following today? If I'm a follower of Christ it's, it's not a, it is a one and done decision in the meta sense, but in a daily sense, what am I deciding today? Right. That I think sometimes our brain, I, one of the things, and, and I know you do a lot of, um, of brain work and thought work. It's like the brain is an opportunist. The brain is always looking for a shortcut and to convince us into immediate like pleasure versus the yeah. ultimate like net positive that we want. Right. So you're like, okay. And the default mode, like the default neural pathways. So the brain is always going to offer you 
what's going to get you the most pleasure in the moment versus what actually matters. And so I love remembering that I just get the opportunity to make daily conscious decisions about which voice I'm listening to. Right. And it's practice. Yeah. Um, that voice, I think it's, I think it's really wise for us, like you said, to notice that there are those two voices and to notice too. And I know I'm guessing you struggle with this as a type three. And I know a lot of you listening are similar to Trish and I. So this is why we're going there with this, because I hear from you and you're like, I'm just like that. Um, but that we can make progress and say, we're, and make that decision. Like you said, the meta decision to follow God and make the daily choice to follow God. But that voice is never going to go away. And so I personally have bought into that lie from time to time in that if I am confident then that voice should just leave. Then that should never be there. Like what's wrong with me that this Mm -hmm. is still here. And I was just even recently confronted with the truth. Like I'm human. I'm limited. This is, you know, part of my sinful nature and God is is continuing to grow me and perfect me and change me. Mm -hmm. Yet that, like you said, is a battle we have every day to decide what is my confidence going to be in. Yeah. So how has that been for you that have you struggled with that too, of that? Like, I should just be able to ditch this. Like what's wrong with me? Why can't I just believe something different? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I find so much encouragement in how many times and going back to that, just the phrase, be strong and courageous. How many times God has to like say that? Mm. I'm like, yeah, yeah. We've read that. No, be strong and very courageous. I'm like, wow. Okay. So clearly, uh, and, and cause for years I beat myself up with like, I know better. Trish, you should be on this. You've come to just choose the right thing or like stop beating yourself up. You're doing fine. Like all of the, where I would feel like I was like, why am I still struggling with some of these thoughts? When I realized that's part of the human experience and that we have an enemy who's always going to be whispering old thoughts that we, we had repeated those old thoughts so many times that they became false beliefs. So familiar that we feel stuck. And it's like, okay, well, take some time to unwire all this, but also because my brain, because we have 60,000 plus thoughts per day, mm-hmm. there's a chance there's some trash in there, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's why we, just a tiny bit of trash. I have a yeah. lot of trash. And I just, I like to personify it a little bit. And I go, oh, that's trashy Trish. That's yeah. not, that's trashy Trish. <laughs> those old thoughts, they don't, they're not, what those are not from God. That is not, they do not. And so it's, I loved, I loved being, for me, it was like, I knew, I, I always loved, take your thoughts captive, right? I, I knew, I didn't know how to do it. And I was like, oh, wait a second. This going back and repeating, wait, this is what, why am I surprised by this? God says to do this. Mm-hmm. Meditate on this daily. Wait a second. All of this, all of, wait, there's nothing wrong or broken with me that I have to keep going back and reminding. I'm like, wait a second. This is in what we're guided and told to do. Yeah. And it's kind of refreshing to say nothing's going wrong here. Yeah. Right. Part of being a human. Right. And standing being in the world, but not of the world and doing it differently and trusting and, and also tapping into the Holy spirit within you. Right. Like, and under developing that relationship. And, um, I kind of, I kind of circumvented the question of, I found so much encouragement. There was one time I want to say 10 years ago, I heard Joyce Meyer say that she had to tell herself something like 500 times in a day, even though she already knew it. And I was like, Oh, well, it's not just me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like, sometimes it's just so healthy to normalize Mm -hmm. 
because the normalization of it neutralizes it and you're not so confounded by the overwhelm of, I shouldn't be thinking this, or I should be further along. I should be making it and beating ourselves up. And because I go back to what I know how to do well is do things. I know how to do. So I'm like, Oh, there's a problem. Trish, you need to do better. And then I go back to performing and trying to feel more love and worth because I'm really good and I can keep my thoughts clean. I'm like, well, like God is trying to detox me of all this. You're not a human doing, you're a human being. Yeah. You accept that this is just part of your spiritual daily management. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's been a helpful shift for me. Mm. I think it, that's definitely been a helpful shift for me too. Just seeing that there is great progress possible. And I've seen it and I'm sure you've seen it too. And yet there is that I am still in a walk of faith. I'm still needing yeah. God's supernatural touch every single day. And I need to stop expecting myself to arrive. And something that I've, I heard underneath all of what you're talking about was this idea of compassion. Do you find it hard to let go of worry? Do you struggle with feeling like you're never enough? Or maybe you're frustrated because you can't make the changes you want in your life, losing the weight, starting new habits, or growing in a certain area. Both brain science and scriptures show that every action we take starts first with a thought. If we change our thoughts, we can change our results. So what are the most effective ways to change our thoughts? According to the latest neuroscience research and timeless biblical wisdom, well, I want to give you the inside scoop at this free workshop. Sign up now at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. You'll discover why it makes sense you're stuck in toxic thought patterns. You'll debunk three popular myths about overcoming negative thoughts. So many women are stuck in these. And you'll learn a simple three-step strategy to manage negative thoughts in the moment. I mean, this powerful tool alone is worth coming to the workshop. Plus, you'll get an inside look at the Christian Mindset Makeover, the only course that equips Christian women with powerful brain science and biblically-based tools to break free from negative thoughts in only nine weeks. Go now to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind to sign up for this amazing free workshop to learn how to transform your thoughts to transform your life. That's vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind. I'll see you there. So how does compassion, God's compassion for us play a role in helping us believe that confidence that he has in us to do these things? Not a confidence in, like you said, doing more, being, trying harder, hustling more, but in just having compassion for us as flawed people who need continual help from him. How does that role play a role? Would you say? Well, for, I can tell you my story, compassion and understanding God's compassion beyond the, you know, I'm undeserving, but I went down so far in the narrative of being undeserving that I thought, well, true. Okay, great. So I am saved. And now God's disappointed in me because I know how to do a lot of this better. I need to read my Bible a lot more. I need to, again, I'm going back to the do narrative. So I, as an achiever, um, part of that cycle of, of self-sabotage for me was beat yourself up when you're not doing enough. So it was a lot of tough love, that tough love, that critical. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's helpful. And I kept thinking that was helpful. And so compassion in my own narrative or relationship to myself compassion, kindness, graciousness, non-existent. Mm-hmm. And so I really had to do some deep work on understanding that that statement, oh, I just don't know how to do that for myself. Well, one was false and two was a rejection of the gift that God is like, it was almost like it's flowing in my life. I'm like, nope. Like, and how to accept, it was just switching the narrative to accept that. Yeah. 
And if, cause you know, I think a lot of your listeners who, who might be wired similar to us would understand like, Oh no, I'm super nice and understanding, loving and graceful and can, and compassionate to everyone. Oh, but I'm just tough on myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm mean, like, that is, that, that's, that's you, you can choose to live in that narrative. Like I did yeah. for so many years, or you can call yourself out on the lie and the cop out that you're allowing yourself to say, I'm not going to do the deep work to actually receive love. Yeah, I wanted yes. so desperately to earn love mm-hmm. that it was, I, it took some, it's, it's the decision. Am I willing to receive? Cause that's the whole point. We are so undeserving, mm-hmm. but it truly is a gift. And that is why the worth is just, it, it is, it's incredible that you get from being able to be washed with his love. Right. Yeah. And I totally fall into that trap too, of feeling like I can just beat myself up into accepting this truth. And that is a tool, like the whip, I call it the whip. Like I used to pull that whip mm. out all the time. Just like, you know, you don't like this tough luck, just get into it. You need to do it. Or what's wrong yeah. with you? You need to do that. And just whipping myself. But then the more healing I get in that area, the more the whip doesn't work. I mean, the more the whip comes out and my, myself was just like that. No, it doesn't move me. doesn't move me anymore. And that's, a, to me, that's a scary thing, mm-hmm. but it's also a sign of God doing great things. So it's like a new level that we have to get to where we're okay. <laughs> if I'm not motivated by the whip anymore to be this person and to be confident and to believe all these things, then what am I, you know, and I keep coming back to like what you said, it's just it's not doing something else. It's not replacing something else. It's just sitting, receiving, feeling. It's me being in that humble posture of God is God and I am not, and I can't fix this in myself. So, yeah. wow. Yeah. I love that. I love that you share that. Um, I want to get super practical with you because I know yeah. ladies are like, okay, that's awesome. But show Tell me, me how. yeah. Like how, how can I develop that godly confidence in a practical way every day. I know you talk about five stages of confidence. You have lots of great tools on your website. So what are some of those things, practically speaking, that we can do to develop that? Absolutely. So um, I I would say there's, there's, I have five stages of confidence and I would actually refer, there's a a whole masterclass that's going to do better justice to that. The, um, and I can give you the link for people to check that out. It's free. Um, but I I also have something called the confidence formula. And then I want to, I would say that I'm going to, I'm going to briefly overview that, but then also really, I have something I I call the confidence journal or, or sometimes it's called the freedom journal Mm -hmm. that I truly believe is the shift of for confidence. So let me start with the confidence formula. The confidence formula is just three point, three parts, and it's to slow down, to simplify and to strategize. And slowing down simply means like it's, it's the pace it's, it's how do I live in the slow? How do I fight for the present? Cause the world is going to press me not to, how do I create time to, to think and to just be with God? Like how do I like, really slow down like that? And simplify is sometimes it's sometimes it's in a larger sense to simplify your life. And sometimes it's to simplify the thought pattern, the overwhelm, the, the real issue. Um, and then also remember that confidence is simple. Like a lot of what we do is simple. And one of my coaching um, things I say often is, you know, extraordinary things and extraordinary change happens, not from extraordinary things that we do, but by doing the ordinary things with extraordinary commitment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, all of this, all of the growth we crave, all of the transformation, all of it, uh, all of the uh, renewing of your mind. It's okay. Well, are you going to, are you memorizing a verse every week? Like what, what are your little things that you are so committed to 
mm. that that they just become so habit, but that your habits create are, are what create your future. And like, right, so right. slow down, simplify and strategize. This is kind of just have a plan, simplify your life and have a, and have a plan or, or if it's a problem, strategize that problem. All right. And do it in three steps. I, I really think that so many of us are sidelined, either sidelined from having the courage to go after our dream with confidence or okay. sidelined from just being in our own skin with confidence, because we're like, yeah, but I've been dieting for 15 years and we're still stuck in comparison and criticism. And, and it feels so deep and so messy. And this, and the, and this, and you're like, but I've tried to stra- I've strategized for years and I can't break it. And like the strategy needs to change that. Mm, yes. Right. So yeah. if the strategy, we all have a strategy about which we go about it and what you're doing, if it's not working, it's time to change. And it can stay simple. It can be simple. And it might just, right. There's just three things you can do to move forward. So that's in general, like if, if it is in regards to like, how can I move forward with confidence in a specific area, but the confidence journal or the, it's a, it's a toxic thought reframe. And it's, it's every day to wake up and identify what is the most anxious thought I have right now. Because our anxiety is is a it will it will overwhelm thoughts anything that is negative anything any thought that is not of God is going to cloud our thoughts yeah. distract us and our thoughts set the narrative for our whole day mm-hmm. right and so um, a mismanaged mind is going to create a mismanaged life mm-hmm. and I for years was like well I can't I just can't help the way I think I'm like I wish somebody had just slapped me silly and said yes you can. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I kept, and I, part of my story I haven't shared is um, at one point in my athletic career, I was really um, on, uh, having a lot of expectations to be an Olympic athlete, turn professional in a certain, a different sport. <clears throat> and um, I got in my own way. I overthought my races. Mm-hmm. I started trying too hard. I didn't, I, I stopped trusting myself. I started overworking. I started over. And so I believe that my mind was a mess. I was such a mess that a sports psychologist couldn't help me. So, well, I mean, if I ruined my dreams and I, of course I can't manage my thoughts. I just know how I think it, it was a very justifiable belief for me. And so I had to go and ask myself, is that one, is that belief actually helping me? Is that true? And is it true? Because the word says that I can. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so first and first, asking yourself to start, like, is there anything that's keeping me from essentially living in joy? living in the total presence of, of, of God today, living from the power of, uh, from that I get in Christ. What is distracting me? And basically a lot, and identifying it in one sentence. So what you ask yourself, what is my toxic thought? And writing it in a phrase that like a six or seven-year-old could understand. Hmm. Meaning like you can't just go big words like, well, I'm just feeling overwhelmed, but my, my six-year-old doesn't know what overwhelmed means. Yeah, yeah. Right, like we need to like go very, very basic of like, I am very afraid that if this happened, like, and really get to a simple sentence to understand, because sometimes we're just so overwhelmed with thoughts or anxiety or, or there's just busyness that truly we can help ourselves just in a general, like general self-help note, we can help ourselves by just putting into one sentence. What's the problem here? Yeah. You know, what's my brain making a problem? So to put that anyways, put a toxic thought. And then the next thing is, what is the truth? How do I reframe this? What would the Lord say to me? What would my, my, my prayer partner say to me? What would my pastor say to me? What would my coach, my friend? And if I was a friend to myself, what would I say to myself? And essentially we are rewriting that sentence, reframing it, giving ourselves a new neuropathway. Right. And once you have that, I, um, to, to, I like to then take that like a keyword, the keyword of that. And I find a verse to support that. It's a fun way to sort of pull scripture into a journaling process. Yeah, I like it. Um, and then to pray over that mm-hmm. and then have an affirmation that you carry with you today. Like today, um, you know, I am a tree planted by a stream of water. 
and I, you know, and, 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 and everywhere I go, the mountains um, and hills are singing and the trees are clapping, the trees are clapping their heads. Like, and I walk in joy and the peace that is promised to me. So, you know, it's, or that's a very embellished and flourished one, but it could be as simple as today. I walk in total love because I am the Lord's right. And so it's like just truly intentionally affirming the God confidence that we have in scripture, the promises of God, but finding those promises and those truths to really answer what is the thought, what are all the, all the thoughts and fears and anxieties that enemy is just pushing into us. Yes. So that we can download that, push them right back out with truth. And so for so long, I knew how to do it, but I needed, I need that, this little structure thing to follow. Yeah. And it's been game changing for me. Yeah. That's amazing. I so can resonate with that because yeah. the work, like you're talking about it, there is deeper work that mm-hmm. we can do, of course, but it's a lot of daily maintenance too. And there is that just getting it all out on paper and seeing what's really there, the power of just seeing on paper. Yeah. Wow. No wonder I'm depressed and angry and frustrated. This is what's been going on in my head, you know, and to to look at it, like we said, not as mad at ourselves for having that thought, what's wrong with me, I should be different, but to say, wow, that must be really hard to wake up every day and to have that thought in your head, right? That's where that compassion does come in. Yes. Passion. It makes such a difference. That's made such a difference for me. So I love that you have a journaling process that includes that and then gives them opportunity to embrace scripture too, because then you're not just saying it's some truth. I think God believes about me. No, this is the truth. This This is is my confidence. This is why I'm strong today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love what you said. Uh, Well, um, it's sometimes I call the truth, like the compassionate response. Yeah. It's the only way I learned how to have compassion in my own inner dialogue. I'll tell you one thing that's funny as a side note, um, about three years ago when I was really integrating this process, I did it most days, but not all days. I'm going to tell you why it was my pride. My pride was like, I don't need to journal. I don't have time to journal. That's ridiculous. Like, and I I had some sort of, there was this fleshly desire to be like, no, I can manage my thoughts. Like in my head, like that. Yeah. I'll just talk about, I'm going to, I don't have time. I got to go for my run. You know, I'll just listen to a sermon while I run. Yeah. I'll listen to a sermon, a worship song. And then I'll think about what I know I need to think about. I, (laughs) it was so nuts. And I finally was like, so what if I just read, I was, I didn't want to have to do it. And I thought, well, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I needed to right. a process. And when I realized it was, was a, for me, this was a spiritual discipline. Yeah. It was spiritual. Right. It was mental hygiene. I don't have a problem brushing my teeth. I'm not mad at myself for that, for needing to brush my teeth. So I would have fresh breath and, and nice clean hygiene uh, yeah. a couple of yeah. times a day. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, well, why is brushing? And I would think of, I think of this journaling process as, and taking your thoughts captive in this way as brushing your brain. So why is there anything weak or, or silly about needing to brush my brain. And it was, it was, I mean, truly a life-changing shift to go. Yeah, of course I brush my brain every day. Mm, that's, uh, that is so, I think that's a huge switch, especially for us who try to fix it in our heads. Cause I have a lot oh, of people who say that too. They're so like, cool ourselves. <laughs> but yeah, we do. We brush our teeth every day. We don't, and you don't get mad at yourself for brushing your teeth because you're like, of course I have to, it's just part and you of can't think about brushing your teeth and then think you're going to have fresh breath. Yeah. Like, like I'm not, not going to brush my teeth, but, but I'm just going to think about it. Yeah. I'm going to think about fresh breath and it's just going to imagine. I'm thinking about fresh breath. It's going to happen. No, yeah. it's not going to happen. And when you walk up to your neighbor, they're going to let you know. 
like they're good, they're good enough neighbor. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, I know we could talk for a long time about this, but I, I want to respect your time. Your and it's been incredible. This conversation, um, honestly, that I've learned a lot from you just even talking to you for a few minutes here about this. So this is amazing. So enjoyable. Um, when, well, I wanted to share that you had wanted to give away a book to yes. one of our listeners. So just quickly, if you could share a little bit about your book, and let us know how we can enter to win that book. That'd be great. Yeah. So the book is um, called Straighten Your Crown. And it's a book on rediscovering, not just that God, not just that God loves you, but that he delights in you. And it's, it is a book on worth and God, God confidence and understanding where even when you were far from him, how close he was to you. And I am, and as, as daughters of the King and understanding your, your inheritance to this, just the, the, the richness of living with the Holy spirit in you, right? Like the, just the richness of being in the presence of God and getting to be his child. And, and, you know, for years I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I know. But like, and I, again, it was the head to heart condition. Like I, like I needed to like, and so I had a crown. I mean, I was daughter of God, but girl, it was janky and it was yeah, falling off. Right? <laughs> I like, yeah. and, and instead of standing tall and just being who God made me and trusting this, my confidence and my beauty and all of it is from there. It was, well, I'm gonna keep it there. It'll be on, but while I do all of the other things and then maybe it'll straighten. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wanted the world to straighten it. And so it's a book on going, well, no, like the world is never going to straighten that crown for you. Mm. only going to knock it off. And that crown can't come off because of your identity in Christ. So, um, yeah, let's do this. Let's so, and you, and you can find out more about the book at trishblackwell.com forward slash book. So if you remember a name, if you can remember my name and then go slash book, you'll get it. Or you can type it in Amazon. Um, and we, if you are getting it while we're in still pre-order, which is through September 10th, mm-hmm. we are giving away a free audiobook with pre-order. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Great. So, um, yeah. and that all that info is on my website. Now let's do this. Let's give away a book. Um, how about we, if you guys follow me on Instagram and add, if you screenshot that you're listening to the show um, and tag both of us, yes, put into your right. story. And then Perfect. we will, the week that, that, that's when we go live with this, the week we do that, we will pick a winner at random and we will figure out how to get this book to you. Yeah. So yeah. All we need to do is that I would love to know, did you love this episode? Did you love the dialogue? Would you like the conversation? And um. Uh, there's oh here's something fun here's okay to qualify okay when you go to the gifs section of your story we got some custom made straighten your crown logos there's like 10 to choose from so i want you to add one of those one's like the book spinning the other one's like a crown it's cool it's cool and how do you find those those? how do you find those in your story find those by typing in my name type in trish black oh okay it's kind of fun it was a thing yeah. So yeah. to look at, but Hey, if you forget to add the GIF, it's okay. You'll still be in, but do check them out. <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Trish. Thank you for oh, giving thank this you. away. Look forward to doing this together with you. And uh, thank you for all that you shared. I know this is really powerful. So thank you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for having me. I love what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So here's today's question that I wanted to answer. And again, if you want to ask me a question to answer here on the podcast, you can go to Instagram at Vibrant Christian Living and either respond to one of the posts there in the feed or just DM me. And I would love to hear your question and I'll answer as many as I can here on the podcast. So here's today's question. What is the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian using brain science to rewire their thoughts? 
I'm not about to give up on God, but I guess it kind of bothers me that seemingly non-Christians can grow and be transformed more than a Christian who doesn't know how to renew their mind. I'm also not sure how to answer a friend's caution of going, quote, too far in learning about brain science because there's supposed to be a mystery surrounding God and his ways. I feel like I know the answer, but I can't articulate it to myself, let alone others. Can you put words to this, Alicia? I love this question because it's kind of the core of the question as to why are there people who are able to make changes in the world who don't know God? And so I'm going to kind of take a similar stance to that as I answer this and that there is no difference between a Christian and a non-Christian using these brain science techniques to renew their mind, because it is the, in terms of the science side of it, it is a scientific thing. It's almost like if you wanted to lower your blood pressure, you know, you would exercise more, you would eat less trans fat foods you know, you would do all the things that your body physically knows to do to change. And so to renew your mind from a scientific standpoint, it's not going to make a difference from a Christian or a non-Christian using the same principles. But the difference for Christians and where the power comes in is that we have the Holy Spirit guiding us. We have the Holy Spirit showing us those places in us that need to be changed and shaped. And we have the Holy Spirit giving us the answers of fulfillment and satisfaction and promise and hope. We have him directing us back to those promises in the Bible. And we use that to rewire our minds. So can a non-Christian find effective change by doing these kind of mindset techniques? Of course they can, but will it be as in-depth and as comprehensive and as as truly soul enriching as one that is led by the Holy Spirit? Of course not, because it's not Holy Spirit led. It's not filling. It's just on the outside. It is not God directed. And also, I think another big difference to note is that Christians, as Christians, we are motivated to renew our mind because we are doing it to please God. We are doing it as a way to say, I will, I know that my actions start with my thoughts. And I want to live a life for you. I want to live a different sort of life than just what my flesh wants to do every day. And so in order to do that, I need to change my mind. I need to change my thoughts. And we know this is part of his calling for us. This is part of his commandment. It's not just a, if you want to, it says in Romans 12 to transform your mind, you know, do this. Don't just change your life by changing your thoughts. Don't just kind of wish things can be different. Don't just try to pretend that they are, but literally get in there and get to the root of everything and change your thoughts to make that difference. So we're under a different sort of admonition to change and to be changed, but we also have this incredible power, the power to be able to change our minds. So to me, that's the biggest difference in those two. Now, in terms of going quote too far with brain science, I think this is a really interesting question. Um, I disagree with this because to me, from a scientific standpoint, understanding about brain science, you're literally just learning about how God wired our bodies, how he made our brains to work and how we perceive our reality. So it's in the same way of learning about how my heart works or, or how our muscles contract. These are important things that scientists need to learn so that we can change and show up as our best. And again, as Christians, this is an incredibly important part of our body to learn because understanding how our mind works. Wow. When we understand that our actions are dictated by what our mind says, and we understand how those thoughts get in there, you cannot tell me that that's not going to result in massive 
spiritual transformation, if we take that and submit that to God and let him do that work in us. So I think it's so critical and so important. I don't think we can go too far in learning about how our brain works always with respect to anything that we learn, anything, whether it's about our body or, or learning about the natural world or, or, or learning about finance. There's always that mystery of God created this process. God owns this process as his intellectual property. So I'm not going to pretend to know everything about it ever. And I'm going to learn as much as I can as somebody who's curious and wants to grow, but there's always going to be that mystery at the end of the day. And I leave that to God as God. I know that I can't control it and use it in a way that's that science to hurt other people or to hurt myself. I'm using it in a way that's going to grow me. And so again, by learning about our brain, this is what we're doing is we're learning how to better manage our thoughts, to show up as a brighter light in this world to show up in relationships, to, to, to love others better, to be more kind to ourselves, to create a better world. So I truly believe in learning as much as we can about the brain and about God how, and how he wants to use our thoughts to change our lives. Well, it's been awesome to hang out with you both with this conversation with Trish and answering your questions again. Please feel free to submit those questions to me on Instagram. I would love to answer as many as I can here on the podcast. And I look forward to seeing you next week at our episode. Take care and I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me today. Please go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash podcast, scroll down, and then click on this episode to get the full show notes and more info on the resources that we talked about. And if you love this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and review in your favorite podcast player. I look forward to seeing you back here for next week's episode.